inspiration comes from many different places. You can be inspired to do many different wonderful creative things. You can you can start painting something. You can write something. You can take some photographs. Sometimes, though, you need to be inspired to do something that's a little bit more mundane. Something that's normally part of your routine, but you just sort of drifted away from it. For example, cleaning your home. This is Fair Sweet Ramblings, and my inspiration for cleaning when I have let my house go to complete pot is to watch a show about hoarding. So there are times when my house is turning into a bit of a pigsty, but I just can't get motivated to do anything about it. What starts out as as a small mess in, in the living room starts to sort of creep over into other areas. It starts to move to like the kitchen or the hallway or the bedrooms. I keep telling myself, I, I'm going to take care of that. I'm just going to do it a little bit later. And then I just dump the next thing on it. And then I make a backup plan, and that backup plan is usually if there's anyone who potentially could show up at my place, I will grab the entire mess and shove it into a closet. That's my carefully thought out plan. So it just, it sits there, just growing and changing, building. And then some of those piles start to take on recognizable shapes. It's, it's like when you look at the clouds and you start to see faces in them because your mind's always trying to piece together faces out of everything. Except that I look at this huge pile of clothes and, and I start to start to see grandma in her chair. And, and am I the type of heartless bastard who would destroy an effigy of grandma built from like clothes and shame? No. So once that inertia is going, it's really hard to break free, and I need a little nudge to get things done, a little push in the right direction. Inspiration from an outside source. Now, some people will dive into aspirational programs too. I can aspire to make this, I'll aspire to make that. Something like a Marie Kondo type of show, or those other organizational shows. You know, the shows where the people, they have a bit too much stuff, but really they're all sort of in semi-organized boxes. The type of show that has results that are not really achievable without having a huge team of people and a good influx of cash to just totally reorganize all their pretty much already organized life. They just have too much stuff. Those are the the one-time organizing shows. You know, you do it once and then everything's organized and you're forever taken care of. These shows do not work if your place is a mess. When it gets to this point for me, it's time to turn on a few episodes of one of the hoarding shows. Because what works, for me, are not programs where you can think about what you can achieve what, what works for me are the ones that inspire horror. Horror of 
what can be if you don't clean this mess up. And as lazy as I'm feeling, it usually only takes 15 to 30 minutes into the show and I'm putting away dishes and taking out the trash and deep cleaning the bathroom. And they get a little further in the program and I'm looking at my kitchen and wondering if, uh, if I can clean it or if I'm just going to have to gut it to the studs to be sure there's nothing in there. Sometimes you need a little something to terrorize you into doing a basic cleanup to make sure that the bugs don't find their way in. When you tune into a horror show, you start to see their piles, and then you start to see the things living in those piles, and then you also see that they're using those piles as one giant toilet. Not to mention all of the dead things underneath the piles that are just decomposing, seeping into those subfloors and the walls of the place. And that's about the time you start to realize that the effigy of Grandma is a deformed and grotesque facsimile, and a, if Grandma knew that you thought that pile of crap looked like her, she would be pissed. And usually, when you're done cleaning, after watching these shows, you end up taking a shower. You, you crank up the hot water to just a touch below boiling, and scrub down with about a bottle of body wash and a Brillo pad. But not before spraying down the entire inside and outside of the house with every bug barrier you can find. When it comes to these hoarding shows, there are two shows that I really will dive into. And they're each a little different and can be used for different cleaning purposes. The first one is Hoarding Buried Alive, and the second one is Hoarders. And there are differences. Hoarding Buried Alive is a good show if you you need a light push. You just, you need to clean up a bit around the house, but you would like to continue to keep your compassion for humanity. It's, it's the Hoarding Light Show. It's, it's the kiddie pool for hoarding shows. The people on Hoarding Buried Alive, they, they tend to be the ones who, they're a little sad, they have depression, they're beating themselves up for getting into the situation, but they're trying to drag themselves out of it. This show is focused on getting them therapeutic help and trying to teach them how to throw things out themselves. They really work hard on trying to show them how their behavior is affecting other people. Hoarders Buried Alive is it's a great show to watch if you want to start to recognize people who are a little bit depressed, who have maybe been hurt in the past, and who tend to hold on to this stuff because they're afraid of losing everything. But if you really need to do a deep clean and nothing is making you move, then Hoarders is a show that you're going to have to dive into. It's it's the visual defibrillator that will shock you into cleaning, if nothing else gets you moving. These are dens of rat-infested, cockroach-infested, human-feces-infested, dead-body-infested kind of crap. The, the people on Hoarders have to clean up fast, or they are getting evicted, or they are losing custody of their children. Because, of course, they have kids living in these messes. Most of the people on Hoarders 
do not see any problem with their helms, and most of them come in not ready to give up anything. They are being forced into it. Hoarders is a great show to watch if you want to get a feel for those people who are just a little bit off. You, you start to recognize the kind of rabid kind of light in their eyes. Now, the show Hoarders likes to tell you that these people are nice, that it's the illness that made them like this, that underneath it all, they're the nicest nice person out there. Now, I'm not discounting the effect of the illness that they have, but most of the people on Hoarders seem to have a nasty mean streak when something doesn't go their way. They clearly get their way pretty much all of the time, and then they have temper tantrums when they don't. Plus, the production really knows how to trigger them. So, at the start of the show, the Hoarder will usually keep their cool because... Cameras focused on them, everyone's paying attention to them, they're the center of attention, and a lot of them like that. Until the second that somebody touches their stuff. That's when you start to realize that a lot of the people on Hoarders are the type of people who will keep stuff until it rots, rather than let it go to somebody who might actually need it. These are the type of people who use Black Friday as an excuse to go ballistic on other people. They're going to score a better deal than everybody else. They will take out anyone, anywhere, anytime to get that deal. They, they are the type of person who runs into the store, tramples anyone in their path, yanks something from a child's hands, and runs them down with a shopping cart while laughing maniacally. Because when it comes down to it, they're not looking for a good deal. They're looking for a reason to take someone out and win. Because in their minds, it's a better deal if somebody else wants it. Even if they have absolutely no use for it whatsoever. So these hoarders tend to be under the delusion that they are going to profit or make cash. I.e. they are the type of person who you don't normally want to hang out with because they will screw you over in a hot second if they think it may benefit them in any way, shape, or form. But extreme biohazard cleaners and dump trucks are not cheap, and getting those costs covered should amount to a bit of keeping your shit together on screen for a few days. And honestly, a lot of people on hoarders do not get better. They, they don't see a problem with their stuff, and the second they've passed whatever inspection they have to, they just go right back to those old habits. There is another group on Hoarders who should put anyone on alert if they buy any antique or used items on eBay or Etsy or any of the online reseller shops. This is the group who will pick up other people's trash and try to sell it to others online for a profit. Because in their mind, they know better than the person who tossed it to the curb what it's worth. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, like most people, know my trash is trash. And there are a ton of episodes with people who think that they're going to be able to sell this stuff and make a profit. Roaches and rat shit be damned. 
because apparently in their minds, rodent droppings just add to the character of stuff they are selling online. They don't want to throw away that broken, dirty, spider-infested one-eyed doll, you know, because Jimmy from Wyoming needs to complete his haunted fucking dolls collection. Just keep the spiders in the doll's hair, it just adds to the ambiance. Watching a few of these episodes made it really clear to me that I don't want to buy something vintage or used online unless I have an idea of what kind of warehouse or home it is coming from. I want it to be from some place that at least has to pass some code inspections. Because most of the stuff they are selling came from what could be termed kindly as a biohazard site. And, and I started to wonder how much stuff is being sold online by retailers or resellers who are hoarders. And how long it really takes to decontaminating that stuff before letting it into your house. I've seen arachnophobia. Those spiders, they're, they're hidden away just waiting for you to roll out the welcome mat. Plus, if you watch Hoarders on cable, you realize that all of the commercials during Hoarders uh, are about shows where, you know, you can profit from your old shit. Including a show where you find out that some random thing from your attic is secretly worth tens and tons of money. You could have thousands just sitting in your attic. There's also a show where you can buy a huge crate of random boxed up returns from an online retailer and they open it to find out what they can resell, which is a spin-off of a show where you buy a bunch of crap from a repossessed storage space to see what you can sell online. Which means that the network is completely surrounding the hoarding show with advertisements for shows that actively encourage hoarding. Because you can make a profit from that piece of cellophane you have, but not if you let the cleaners take it from you. There is one final additional bonus from the hoarding shows. These shows help with social distancing. Because once you watch a few of these shows, you realize that you don't know if the person walking down the store aisle next to you lives in a hoard. The way some of them live and store their clothing and their food and, and all of their stuff, they are walking biohazards. And if they get too close to you, who knows what things living on their person are just going to make the jump over to you. So just think about that if you get the urge to start tailgating someone in the pizza aisle. Bet you anyone who thought that I couldn't give good advice is feeling pretty stupid right now. I am very helpful. That is it for this episode. Thank you for listening and have a good night.